Hello everyone, I'm Samuel, mechanical engineer, and this is If It Is Stupid But It Works, your podcast about little details in design, little details in engineering, little details in science, that for one reason or another, they are there. You never wonder, or maybe you have ever wondered why they are there, and you want to learn a little bit more about them. It is important to be curious. First of all, thank you for my second episode of the second season, 22, 2.2. It is really nice that uh, you are here. I will try to keep it also uh, bi-weekly, or at least for now. I prefer to have, uh, as I mentioned before, better content rather than fast content. Sometimes it's just horrible just to have to find little small details that are not worthy to be in a podcast, just to get a podcast out. I prefer to go for it. Let's uh, let's make it easy. Let's make it uh, also better quality, and that's why I'm here. So, if you are here also because of the knowledge, let's go. you decide to go for scuba diving diving in general and you went uh, really fancy let's say that you have some pros in the past and you have been uh, saying okay let's go deep let's go like really deep you i i guess that you just uh, rent uh, some kind of uh, company you get into a well into the neoprene suit you get everything prepared you go deep into the water, you go back uh, and they say, okay, that was the training, let's go deeper even. You go deeper and at some point they say, okay, we are going to get deeper next time, but uh, that time we will stop uh, at uh, at a belly in the middle, so we will get our bodies, you know, ready for the for going even deeper and then we stop again in the bell and we go up. Say, so, okay, that's uh, that sounds really cool. Uh, and that book, you notice something that uh, you haven't noticed before, and it's that the the watch of your instructor has two knobs on the side. One knob is normal, it's for a mechanical watch. Uh, let's say that that one is for setting the time, and the second knob is a little bit different. I do ask for it, and he mentioned, yeah, that's a helium escape valve. But what is that? And in order to answer it, we will have to have a small detour. I'm going to start... Uh, Actually, not with the watch, but uh, with the bell. So the bell, uh, in the end, is uh, something really simple. Uh, something that has been used uh, since long, long time ago. I think the first one were the, the Greeks. I heard that uh, uh, Alexander the Great uh, was using it for some, for some uh, kind of a battle or invasion. Doesn't matter too much at the moment. But uh, how do you do it? How, wh- why is it so simple to, to make a bell? Basically, a bell for the scuba diving, uh, for diving. It's uh, just a pot, a metal pot, that you just put uh, upside down and you submerge it into the water with a crane. That, that's pretty much it. And then you can just see the the lying part of, uh, of the bottom, well, the bottom part of the of the sea, where you are. If it is, well, if it is not really that deep, let's, let's be honest. With a pot, you have uh, what you have. 
And what are the limitations of this? The first limitation is, well, it is a pod. Uh, a pod can be uh, really big, has to be, has to be, have a little bit of weight so it can keep sinking. And, well, yeah, then at some point you will, you will start to see that the water is getting higher and higher inside of the pod. And that's not exactly what you want. You want, you know, to be able to breathe inside of the pot. But the water is getting higher and you don't see any leak. And that's because the the water, the pressure of the water, uh, is pushing the air inside of the bell and compressing it. And that part is something that doesn't interest you. And of course, there is a really, really easy solution for this. And what happens is that uh, you just make a connection into the into the surface and you start to pump up uh, air back into the bell. You have to pump it because, of course, the water is uh, pumping up. So if not, uh, well, the air will be just uh, gone. But this also has some kind of problems with your body. And this is because uh, the way, well, the air, the pressure interacts uh, with, uh, with fluids. And why do I say that? Well, let's uh, put it this way. Imagine that you have uh, some kind of glass container. You have the air and you have a little bit of uh, water at the bottom. And what is happening is that if you start to press from the top on the glass of water, on the glass, uh, you start to press. You are not leaving, letting the, the air like escape. Of course, you know, it is sealed. You start to press. And uh, as, as you keep uh, increasing the pressure, more and more of that air that is in, in a glass of water is going to go to the water instead of just being compressed. Why? It's uh, also, again, really simple. The particles start to move up and down. And for example, when you have a normal glass of water, there are also particles of water that are going to escape just because uh, the velocity inside of the water is high enough for them to to break them, well, to let them go apart and evaporate. That's why you have uh, humidity if you have a swimming pool nearby. It's not only the splashing and all of that, it's because also the water is getting out of the swimming pool. Anyhow, so what is happening here is the opposite. It's the air is getting into the, into the water and, uh, well, that usually will be fine. You just have uh, more oxygenized uh, water uh, around you or maybe with uh, nitrogen. That is not really doing much apart uh, just OPM volume because it's an inert gas. So in the end, uh, that could be it, right? Well, that would be it if you don't have any living creature there, and any living creature that is accustomed to the to the air. Let's put it that way. And that's why. Well, because you know, living creatures that are accustomed to the air, they are not accustomed to have like huge pressures on top of them. Maybe lighter pressures that could be if you're moving up and down a mountain, but not bigger pressure. And what is happening is uh, what is happening inside of your body. As I mentioned, that the air is being compressed. That compression of the of the air is mostly oxygen and nitrogen. It's going to compress also the air, the gas inside of uh, your body. And well, fine. Then you have. Uh, more oxygen or nitrogen there, and that could be it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. The quote-unquote fine, because uh, well, the, the nitrogen is going to be absorbed by the by your tissues. 
it could be there is an inner cut is not it is not going to react with anything the problem is when you start to des descompress it that uh, nitrogen is starting to making bubbles and those bubbles are the problem those bubbles uh, can actually kill you it's something that uh, yeah that that's one of the reasons you have a uh, descompression bubbles because uh, those bubbles uh, they will start to accumulate uh, mostly and normally in your joints uh, that's uh, why they call it this kind of a uh, sickness the bend because if you try to bend your joints for example in your elbow or your knees they hurt they hurt a lot and that's because uh, you have uh, nitrogen bubbles in them and that's uh, not really nice and of course if you keep uh, accumulating nitrogen it is going to uh, to your head could be to your brain you start to have rashes it's not good for your body so uh it's a uh, sounds at least sounds to me like a really really bad experience and really really bad death. yes you can you cannot move and you want to scream but uh well then you you have that happened to you that happened to your body then you have these uh belts that that's what they are uh, created for that you just merge you put them uh, inside of the water with some pressure on the uh on the air inside and then you just descend and ascend and then you have some time when before you're going down or going up uh, into the into the water that you are inside of that bell and that will start to slowly release the nitrogen in your body that way the nitrogen is not going to create bubbles that will be for example if uh, if you just suddenly go from bottom to uh, bottom of the ocean to the top it's going to slowly release that nitrogen and that's uh, what is avoiding uh, that it will accumulate in your joints or will create your rash or will start making the bubbles in your brain. Quite quite handy <laughs> life-saving uh, device. And pretty much uh, that is uh, what it is. Uh, sometimes the belt can be just transported and uh, they uh, instead of uh, staying all the time in the water, that is the normal behavior, you can just take it out uh, of the water, take it outside, uh, leave the persons that are inside, inside uh, decompress uh, for a few hours it takes a really long time and that uh, yeah then you can go out and be well, <laughs> go to the surface again everything will be normal but then uh, well how does that correlate uh, with the knob that you saw in the clock before that is uh, really nice because happened to your body it also happened to meta, uh, mechanic uh, devices. That is okay, normal as expected. But what does it have to do with the clock, with your with your watch? So your uh, your watch, uh, let's say the, it is uh, a mechanical watch, is probably the easiest way to explain. It, but it works uh, similarly with a digital watch. They have a seal around it. That basically the seal is a uh, deforming uh, a little bit, uh, making that both surfaces are like perfectly tight and uh, that is creating that is, is making that the water is not going to get inside of the watch. Okay, but if you start going to compress the gas, uh, nitrogen is not going to get through, oxygen is not going to get through, however helium that uh, could be present in the air, it is possible that they start to uh, break into the, into the seal uh, pass the seal and get into the, the watch. And that is possible because the helium is a really, really small molecule. 
it will be fluttering the air, will not interact with anything, but after hydrogen, it is the smallest particle that uh, uh, atom that we have. And this helium-2, the molecule that is floating in the air, is going to get through the seal really easily. If you, if you start to uh, uh, put some pressure on it, it's going to get through the seal inside and start to accumulate in there. And it's, uh, it's not going out uh, because the pressure is bigger. And, well, creates a, a small hydrogen bubble inside. Small that it starts to grow. The problem is that, uh, okay, you are starting to decompress, the nitrogen on your blood is starting to go out, but the helium could be still stuck inside of uh, your watch. And then you ascend to the surface, the helium inside of the watch hasn't been released yet, so it's a higher, higher uh, pressure than the normal pressure, and it breaks the, the window of the, of the watch. And then you have... You have broken a really expensive uh, watch. I don't know the prices of uh, this kind of uh, watches, that, but uh, well, let's say that if you put a helium helium release valve on a watch that uh, costs uh, 300 euros, for me, it's already worth it. But uh, some watches are like crazy expensive. I know that they can go for uh, billions. So if you are someone that is like really into these kind of things. And you are spending a million euros and you want to dive with your really nice watch. It's, it's a possibility to put a, a release valve there. It is not always common. Later I will explain why, but it's a possibility. Okay, uh, so now we know the reason why. We need know the how. Let's see, there are two kind of, uh, two types of uh, release valves. First one is the one that I just mentioned, that is a small knob that you just uh, untie, uh, loosen it, uh, the, the, the knob, and the helium is going to escape from the watch. And then you have uh, the other kind that is automatic, that is basically just a small spring that when the uh, pressure inside of the, of the watch is too high, it's going to push it out, uh, the spring. The spring is going to open, and when the, all the pressure is released, it's going to close again. It is important in this case, and the previous one also, that both, uh, that the valve is uh, only working in one direction. If it is working in both directions, then you have a problem because the water could go in. And that's not something that you want. And now that we talk about things that you want, let's see, uh, is this feature common? Is this feature actually useful? Yes and no. So there are the different ISOs. Uh, that uh, regulate uh, everything in general. And there is one ISO for the, the 6425, that is for uh, diving watches. But this ISO doesn't ut uh, utilize uh, this kind of device. It's not saying that you have to put a valve to release the hydrogen. It's just mentioning, okay, you know what? Your watch has to support uh, this kind of pressures, has to uh, work on this kind of circumstances. How you do it is up to you. And it doesn't mention that you have to use a pressure valve. That's why some uh, watch manufacturers, they say, okay, I'm not going to uh, to put a pressure valve. I'm just going to do it somewhere else. I'm going to use better materials or better seals and just uh, use it as it is. And you will be compliant to this. It's true that uh, could be that the hydrogen breaks uh, breaks uh, your window, but that's... Uh, that's a possibility, but that's not really true if you design it uh, 
design around it. But, well, okay, you have uh, that. Still, you find it somewhere. Uh, yeah, you can find it because nostalgia. So, have you uh, seen the, your trousers that sometimes they have like this small pocket uh, on top of your pocket? Well, that's for the a pocket uh, clock that you will just slide in. This is still there because nostalgia. We nobody is using that kind of uh, clocks anymore. This is the same. We are just putting it there because, well, if you think it looks fancy, it looks nice, and you know maybe we'll raise some questions or some eyebrows in, in the future. You can, you, you can put it there. But uh, to be honest, what I have uh, seen is that people don't like it too much. If you are actually diving, because you have more moving parts and you have uh, you can have leakage inside of your inside your uh, watch. And you know, salty water is not really good for almost any metal. <laughs> and I say almost. So that's one of the reasons that it is not used. Another reason I think most likely is like, well, I, yeah, I could go with my hugely expensive watch into the water, or I could just use uh, something specialized for this kind of uh, routines that maybe is going to work better. So it's a little bit less used, except for, of course, uh, just uh, looking fancy and, you know, looking really good with it. Thank you everyone, that was the end of the episode. Well, this is the end of the episode, technically, this is the outro. I hope you have enjoyed it. It is a little detail, it is there, but this is uh, what my podcast is about. The small details in maybe not day-to-day -day basis, you are not going to use this. <laughs> Most likely, you are not going to use this every day, but it's a small piece of knowledge that you should know. I am sure of that. I hope... Uh, well, if you have uh, enjoyed, I hope that you will share with your family. You will leave me a comment on Instagram or you will share it. I mean, you know, the whole way, the usual suspects. In iTunes, I am in Google Podcasts, I am in Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Yeah, just share it. Share it with your family, share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues. I will be here probably in two weeks or something like that. I will have another podcast. And I will release it and share it with you so you can listen to more stupid yet interesting engineering details on life. There are a lot of them and you will never have enough. But for now, this has been a brief for today. See you next time. Bye bye.